0: Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 435 for Tuesday the 19th of January 2016. Nice to see you. I'm Robbie, your host, a.k.a. the guy up in camera tonight. So mm. mad skills, folks. <laughs> up in the soundboard over here. So if I kind of stretch over here, say hello to Shelly.
1: Hi. Nice to be back.
0: Mango Fox 70 is also here in the studio, and she's just keeping tabs on the chat room, making sure there's nobody causing any grief. We don't want to have to don't want to have to put our foot down, do we?
1: Yeah, I'll be here as well. Any questions? She's here. Comments?
0: Mm -hmm. Hey, Shal, what have we got coming up?
1: Well, tonight uh, we're celebrating 20 years of the GNU Image Manipulation Program by continuing our 20-week of GIMP tip series. And tonight we're actually looking at the interface. So that's oh, that's a good one.
0: We've had some questions come in about it. I can't wait. Uh, You've been looking for a Linux distribution to help your Windows-using friends make the switch, and we just might have the one. So you want to stick around and find out what we're on about. Here is what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom as well tonight. AT&T is moving away from proprietary systems and stepping toward Canonical Limited's open-source system Ubuntu. A Las Vegas-based casino operator has sued security firm Trustwave for conducting a woefully inadequate forensics investigation. Also, Twitter's uh, outage this morning comes at a pretty bad time uh, because their shares are continuing to fall. We're going to find out a little more about that. Microsoft is no longer going to allow users to update Windows uh, less than Windows 10 if they have a next-generation CPU. And finally, Netflix is soon going to block proxy access to its content. Stick around, the full details and more are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV.
1: Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Kid and your host Robbie Ferguson.
0: This is Category Five Technology TV. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson.
1: I'm Shelly. Nice to meet you. Hey Shelly, how you been? Good. Yeah? yeah. Anything new? I just said nice to meet you to uh, everyone out there watching. And they're us. like, but you already <laughs> met
0: us. You already know us. Yeah,
1: I could see everybody here.
0: So. Without further ado, mm-hmm. all right, we're as as Linux user myself mm-hmm. as a Linux user yourself. Mm-hmm. You've been looking for a distribution that might help turn mom and dad, grandma, grandpa okay. to Linux. Mm-hmm. And many, many moons ago, it's hard to believe, but nearly nine years ago, two brothers set out to make it easier for people to make that switch from Mac OS to Linux, from Windows to Linux. Uh, today, these two entrepreneurs made a big announcement. They've got the beta version of Zorin OS 11. Mm-hmm is Im- immediately available. So please help me welcome Arteon Zorin. Arteon is the co-founder of the Zorin group. They are the group that uh, actually created Zorin OS. Arteon, nice to see
2: you. Hi everyone.
0: Thanks for being here. Artyom, we're going to get right into it. Let's talk a little bit about Zorn OS. how you and, in fact, your brother uh, founded this uh, uh, basically a spectacular Linux distribution for people who are trying to make that switch to Linux. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of, you know, how did this come about? What, what started this whole thing?
2: So the origins of ZornOS date all the way back to the summer of 2008. That was when my brother Kirill and I first tried out Linux. We had a disk of Ubuntu 8.04 and we loaded it up. And from the, really, the very first minute, we loved it. We felt really empowered by open source software there. Mm-hmm. We felt like we could do anything that we wanted in Linux. And also back then we were kind of kids. So we really liked the whole desktop effects and comp there. The desktop cube was a really big Hey, come on. I know. still
0: love that, right. man. Dude,
2: yeah, and we still have it in Zorn OS.
0: You do still have that? Oh boy! Oh
2: yeah.
0: How, I don't want to get too technical with our interview tonight because obviously Zorn OS is one of the uh, probably one of the best Linux distros for anyone who's who's a beginner Linux user. Okay. Um, but not to get too technical, how did you pull that off? Are you using Mate? Are you using? Are you? St- do you still have Compiz?
2: Yeah, we have the Compiz window manager. And great. Uh, we're using the GNOME 3 libraries. So we have all the advantages of all the latest Linux software out there. So you have the most powerful user experience while you still have all of the great eye candy sure. and. Fun features. We'll call it product, productivity
0: really and usability. Uh, with Compaq being something that really impressed you at the time that you were just getting into Linux, it's it's neat to see that you're kind of staying true to your roots and uh, and, and keeping that dream alive because uh, it's, uh, it's getting harder and harder to find a distribution that has it. Um, so really, what was the inspiration behind Zorin OS and, and the massive amount of man hours that must have been involved in yeah. even just releasing that first version? Yeah, I
2: bet. Yeah, so soon after we tried Ubuntu, we showed it to our dad, who is just a regular Windows user. Yeah. And the problems of Linux became apparent. Um, It was not really that user-friendly, and since different parts of the interface were in different places, uh, it was difficult to get over that learning curve. And we saw that that was a huge limiting factor to the success of Linux on the desktop. But we knew that there were ways to get around this, and we wanted to solve this problem once and for all. So nine months after that date, we released ZornOS OS 1 and well, the rest was history really.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, uh, who is it at this point, who is ZornOS OS 4 in your eyes as one of the co-developers of the product?
2: Well, Zorn OS has really expanded outwards from our original vision and now we see it as an operating system for people who want to take the advantage of Linux and its powerful features but who want a really, really nice user experience. So it feels really great to use. You can get using right away without having to learn anything. And it's just a breeze to use, really.
0: Now, I was on your website, and I see you're still using kind of the Mandriva pricing model for the product. Mm -hmm. Um, Zorn OS, of course, is a free uh, version of Linux. It's uh, Linux, um, you know, you can download it, you can get the ISO, you can burn it to a... Uh, DVD or to uh, your USB flash, uh, flash media and install it, um, but you're still offering a, a business and an ultimate version. Can you explain to our viewers who are probably going to, you know, some of them are going to go to your website for the first time tonight, uh, having seen this interview and, and wonder what, what's the advantage to me and what is the, you know, there's kind of two questions here. What, what's the money going toward if I were to purchase one of these, it's like nine, is it nine euros basically? It's, it's cheap.
2: Yeah, yeah, 9 euros and 10 euros. What
0: are the the advantages to me as a user? Why would I want to go with one of those commercial or or those paid products instead of the free one?
2: So in the free version, we have all the standard and essential features that you want in a desktop uh, experience. Mm -hmm. But when you step up to the premium edition, so for example, the business edition, we include a lot of software out of the box that will help you run your business and you can get using all the features of ZornOS on top of all those extra features right away. And if you step up to the ultimate version, we've got all the best Linux software available, as well as exclusive features in our premium editions like the expanded look changer, which allows you to switch the desktop environment so that it looks like uh, a Mac experience or Buntu Unity Right. right in one click.
0: That's one of the things I wanted to raise is your, your look changer. It's a real unique feature of Zorn OS. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with it what, it, what it basically is, I mean, we're talking about a distribution of Linux that makes it easy for me to transition from, say, Windows to Linux. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that dialogue keeps popping up. Do you want to upgrade to Windows 10? Maybe you're not really interested in that. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to try something different. So coming from Windows 7, I can use your look changer and basically make Linux look and feel a lot like Windows, Windows 7. 7 yeah. So that's, that's a pretty fantastic job that you've done with that. I think that helps people to transition, and that's one of the things that makes Zorn OS stand out as, as a very good alternative uh, for those who are starting up with mm-hmm. Linux. I've been using Linux for years, uh, pr- probably about nine years longer than yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. RDOM. And uh, even myself it, at that point, mm-hmm. I love Zorin OS. I love still having Compiz effects and being able to use um, the, the old school Linux user in me. Love some of those kinds of features. And then moving forward, as you say, GNOME 3 and some of the more advanced features that come with that versus, versus Matei or, or GNOME 2. Um, so you've done a fantastic job of kind of keeping up with the technology while still giving us something that us power users are still interested in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: with Zorin OS, um, your target is, is kind of grown. It's grown to, from uh, mom and pop and, uh, and people that are just learning Linux to users like myself who have been using yeah, it for many nice. years. So that's uh, quite a feat that you've had there. Uh, okay, well, Zorin OS is um, consistently one of the top 20 Linux distributions on DistroWatch. And uh, currently, I believe, sitting at about uh, number 16 uh, in the world. So from hundreds of Linux yep. distributions, we're uh, consistently in the top 20. And uh, tonight we are talking with the co-founder of the Zorin Group, which makes Zorin OS. It's, uh, he's Artyom Zorin, and a uh, pleasure to have you here. We're going to have to take a real quick break.
1: Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about the, the beta release of the Zoran OS 11, uh, the next generation of this in, intuitive Linux distro. Stick
0: around. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. I am Shelly. Shelly, tonight we're talking to Artyom Zorin, and you may recognize his last name. Mm -hmm. Zorin OS is one of the top 20 uh, Linux distributions on DistroWatch Mm -hmm. today and is consistently ranking in the top 20. Uh, One of the things to me that sets Zorin OS apart uh, from a lot of the other Linux distributions is that they put a a very solid and very effective effort into creating a distribution that is accessible for those who have never used Linux. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming from a Windows background or if you've got a loved one who's coming Coming from, uh, say, Microsoft Windows or even OS X, uh, you're going to be able to make that transition to Linux a lot more simply Mm. thanks to the Zorin OS look changer that allows you to create a a look and feel that Mm. gives you that familiarity so that you can use your Linux distribution in such a way that it's familiar to you. So without further ado, um, we are joined by Artyom Zorin. Welcome back. Hello. So today is a, a big day for Zorin OS as we step into uh, a new era with Zorin OS version 11. Can you tell us a little bit about the beta? What uh, what today's release uh, means for uh, Zorin OS as a as a distribution?
2: So in Zorin OS 11, we really focused on enhancing the user experience even further. So from the get-go, we've introduced a few new programs that. Uh, make it easier for you to get more done. For example, there's the new contacts app. There's also the clock uh, utility that allows you to do things such as check the time in other parts of the world and use a stopwatch. Simple features, but that make the user experience a lot better.
0: Very cool. Now, uh, this distribution, uh, Zorn OS 11, what really makes it different beyond those, the, the suite of applications? What makes it a lot different from, uh, say, uh, version 10, which is coming to end of support?
2: In Zorn OS 11, we've also introduced loads of enhanced features all over the board, really, uh, from updated applications to a new kernels, so performance is better than ever. Artwork has improved, so it looks really great this time around, even more so than before. I think with those, so we'll have a really great user experience.
0: We're learning today about Microsoft's announcement that uh, they're no longer going to be supporting uh, next-generation processors on older uh, older versions of Windows. And with Zorin OS running newer kernels, we're going to see a lot more support for those next-generation processors, yeah. I think, yeah. as well, uh, which makes a big difference if you're thinking about making that transition because maybe your system is no longer supported by Windows. Mm-hmm. What? A next-generation processor? <laughs> Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, we're speaking with Artyom Zorin. Uh, he's one of the co-creators of Zorin OS. How stable, would you say, is the, the beta release right now? I mean, it, it was just announced this morning. It's big news for the Zorin OS community of fans and, and users. Uh, is it ready for us to start putting on to uh, a system and playing with? Or what's, what state do you think it's in right now?
2: Well, betas are never really perfect for production systems. However, that being said, uh, we've looked at the feedback so far from all of our users, and it's been the most stable beta release of anything in recent history for Zornos. So, I'm actually using it right now on my computer, and it's working perfectly flawlessly.
0: Very good. Do we have a, an approximate ETA on when the, uh, the the final release will be available?
2: We expect to have it available within the next week or two.
0: Oh, it's that soon? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so if I download and install the beta right now mm-hmm. on my system, get the feel of it, start to you know figure out h- how I want it set up, is there an upgrade path that's going to take me right to that stable release or should I really wait until that ISO is available if I'm a new user?
2: Uh, well, in recent versions, we've been able to upgrade our beta and release candidate users up to the final version. So uh, as soon That's as you great. install the beta release and when the new full release comes out, you should have a fully working, fully stable Zorn OS 11 on your computer.
0: Great. Um, Zorn OS 10, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the interview, uh, it has basically reached end of support, I believe. Is that correct?
2: Uh, it's reaching end of support on February the 4th.
0: Okay, oh, so it's, it's okay. coming up on, on us very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder, um, you know, just curious, what are your support cycles like? And if I were to install Zorn OS 11, uh, about how long do I have before I need to upgrade to the next version? Mm-hmm. What kind of support? Well,
2: since ZornOS is based on the most recent versions of Ubuntu, we follow the same update schedule as them. Okay. So, support uh, will end in or around uh, the end of summer. So, uh, for okay. releases like ZornOS 10 and 11, which are based on the non LTS Ubuntu releases, uh, they'll be supported uh, in the same capacity as those non-LTS components okay. So releases. is
0: your upgrade path at that point, so when you say end of support is end of summer, will mm-hmm. I be able to upgrade to the next version um, as easily as, as the update from beta to, uh, to final?
2: Uh, well, in the next release, we're planning uh, a whole heap of sweeping changes. Yeah. So in that regard, uh, we expect to have it available as a clean install upgrade. Okay.
0: okay. Uh And is that something that 's going to change? I know you know some users will uh will wonder about having to reinstall their distribution every say six months or so. Is that something that is is in the plan um so that it will be upgradable uh on an automated basis Because you use app right um it 's based on um Ubuntu, which is based on Debian, and so your upgrade path can be uh pretty seamless
2: yeah that's true uh however. Taking into regards uh, Ubuntu's upgrade path, mm-hmm. it's usually been an experience where after the upgrade you might get some uh, breaking changes that might cause your computer to run a bit worse than yeah. before. So uh, we've decided to make it as a clean install upgrade uh, up to now. And we expect that uh, to change in Zorno 12 in the summer uh as ubuntu and the linux ecosystem has really matured pretty recently
0: interesting okay and and the upgrade path on linux anyways i mean if i had to do a full reinstall i can just back up my home folder essentially reinstall the distribution and drop my home folder back and most things are back in place just with the new versions of software which is fantastic that's the the architecture of linux itself um where, at this point, I mean, the beta has been released. Where can I go and grab that ISO?
2: So you could go to ZorinOS.com slash beta.html, or you can look in our blog and see all the newest updates and new features in OS 11.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. We're speaking with Artyom Zorin. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, do we have some questions that have come into the chat room? Uh, yeah. All yeah. right.
1: Good guy 98 is asking is there an LTS version of Zorin?
2: Yes, uh, Zorin OS 9 is available to download right now, and it's based on Ubuntu 14.04 and it will be supported until 2018
0: great. And so I I presume then now for those who are not familiar with the term LTS, that means long-term support. Mm -hmm. So when we say that, you know, the the current version, version 11, is, is going to be supported up until the end of the summer, that means that you can then upgrade to the next version. LTS means that it will kind of have rolling support on an ongoing basis for much longer. Mm -hmm. So then that raises the question, so you're following the Ubuntu model, Mm -hmm. that means when their next LTS comes out, does a new version of Zorn come out that is equally uh, long-term support?
2: Exactly, that's how we do it. So the normal releases, we usually make them uh, just to give the more advanced and more eager users access to the most latest technology, Uh, while we also have the LTS versions uh, that are more suited towards large deployments and enterprises uh, to make sure they have a fully robust and tested system on their computers.
0: Fantastic, Artyom. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I know it was short notice and a very very busy day Amen. for you and uh, and your brother, the Zorin OS team. Uh, we're looking forward to some great things from you and and from this uh, this version of the distro and everything that's to come. And uh, thanks for being here with us tonight.
2: Thank you very much for having
0: me. Make sure you check out Zorin OS, and if you'd like to try the beta, uh, you can get it at zoranos.com/beta.html. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely check that out. Let us know what you think, and we'll be showing you um, how that works on an upcoming show here mm-hmm. on Category Five. As As uh, Artyom was telling us, it's yeah. going to be stable very, very soon. Mm-hmm. This is Category Five Technology TV. Welcome to the show, and thanks for being here tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelly, you were saying at the top of the show that we have, uh, we're going to be looking yep. at the GIMP a little bit more. Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to look at the user, face or user interface
0: okay. user interface, on the GIMP. Yeah, I want to get into that because uh, sometimes we accidentally close the wrong thing and then where did my toolbox go? So we're going to be taking a look at that in just a couple of minutes' time. In the meantime, through the magic of television, we're going to jump over to the Category5.tv newsroom. It's Tuesday, January the 16th, 2016. I'm Robbie Ferguson, and here are the top stories that we're covering on the Category5.tv newsroom this week. AT&T has chosen Canonical's Ubuntu operating system to power its systems, and a new partnership between the two companies raises some interesting possibilities for the future of the Linux OS. Who is responsible if your company is compromised by credit card thieves, and then, after the malware is removed, they're compromised yet again? We'll take a look at how One Vegas Casino is suing the company they hired to perform pr- forensics after they were assured the attack was contained. A Twitter outage today comes at a pretty bad time for the company as their shares continue to fall, hitting an all time low this morning. Microsoft will no longer allow users to update Windows versions less than Windows 10 on next generation hardware. Now, yeah, you heard me right. We're not talking about old hardware. We're talking about if you buy new hardware, they are going to be cutting off support. Stick around. We'll tell you what's up. Also, Netflix is, uh, is soon going to block proxy access to its content. These stories are coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Stick around. You've got mad skills. Now, hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash lynda. I'm Robbie Ferguson, and here are the top stories that we're covering from the Category 5.tv newsroom this week. AT&T is moving away from their proprietary systems and stepping toward Canonical Limited's open-source operating system, Ubuntu. Canonical announced the news in a blog post, saying it's joining forces with AT&T to provide its Ubuntu OS and engineering support for the carrier's cloud, network, and enterprise applications. Now, the companies disclose that the partnership is significant in coming up with the Ubuntu-based apps across the internal and external systems at AT AT&T. John Zanos, Canonical's Vice President of Cloud Alliances and Business Development, believes that the collaboration with AT&T, quote, "...provides the opportunity to innovate with AT&T around the next generation of the software-centric network and cloud solutions." Xanos also said that teaming up with one of the leading carriers in the United States would enable the company to bring its expertise on Ubuntu, cloud, and open source to AT&T. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal reports that Canonical's new relationship with AT&T could, in fact, allow it to pursue its plan to build the Ubuntu-powered smartphone that could come packed with desktop-grade apps. The phone could also be connected to keyboards and large displays. A Las Vegas-based casino operator has sued security firm Trustwave for conducting an allegedly woefully inadequate forensics investigation that missed key details of a network breach and allowed credit card thieves to maintain their foothold during the course of the two-and-a-half-month investigation. In a legal complaint filed in federal court in Las Vegas, Affinity Gaming said it hired Trustwave in October 2013 to investigate and contain a network breach that allowed attackers to obtain customers' credit card data. In mid-January 2014, Trustwave submitted a report required under payment card industry security rules on all merchants who accept credit cards. Uh, In the PCI forensics report, Trustwave said it had identified the source of the data breach and had contained the malware responsible for it. Whoops! More than a year later, after Affinity was hit by a second credit card breach, the casino operator allegedly learned from Trustwave competitor Mandiant that the malware had never been fully removed. Trustwave had said that the last breach activity occurred in October 2013. Mandiant's later PCI forensics report, uh, by contrast, said that it happened again in December of that year, while Trustwave was in fact investigating. The report also noted that the breach occurred on a continuous basis, both before and after Trustwave claimed that the data breach had been contained. Trustwave allegedly failed to detect several pieces of malware infecting network servers, or that the breach was ultimately the result of people who were able to access Affinity's virtual private network and install backdoor software. Here's a quote. Mandiant's report also concluded that the various recommendations Trustwave had presented to improve Affinity Gaming's data security were pointless, the complaint alleged. And the quote continues, none addressed the source of the data breach, and none would have prevented the attacker from again accessing Affinity Gaming's data systems. For instance, through the back doors that Trustwave failed to find and close stuff. A little bit of insight into uh, some of the, the forensics and the trouble that goes on behind the scenes when you hear about these data breaches and credit cards being stolen and things like that. You don't really realize, well, companies are putting it all on the line to say, yeah, we fixed it. And then to find out that actually they still have ways in, that'd be a little devastating, I think, for any company. Some Twitter users had to do without early today, after sporadic outages knocked out the social media site in the US and Europe, as well as Canada, incidentally. I know I had trouble this morning. Reports of malfunctions began to appear in the US, but it was unclear how widespread the outages were this morning. By mid-morning, on the East Coast, desktop and mobile versions of Twitter appeared to be working, although the company wouldn't say if they were back to normal. A company spokeswoman also wouldn't reveal any details as to the possible cause of the outage, declining to comment beyond Twitter's tweeted statement. Twitter Inc., which has 320 million active users, uh, tweeted that it is aware of the issue and is trying to fix it. Twitter's mobile app was partially functioning for some users, but its timeline update and uh, new tweets were sporadic. Uh, Third-party services such as TweetDeck, Hootsuite, those services were also encountering errors. The outages come at a very bad time for Twitter and its executives as they're trying to convince Wall Street that they can deliver bigger revenue and profits. Meanwhile, the company's stock continues to languish at an all-time low. Twitter shares have lost 66% of their value since peaking at $52.87 in April. In morning trading today, Twitter shares fell another 35 cents to just $17 and 59 cents. If you own a system with an Intel sixth generation processor, that's the uh, uh, Skylake processor, for example. And if you run Windows 7 or Windows 8.1, you're gonna have to think about upgrading to Windows 10 or (laughs) Linux. Uh, You've got 18 months to do so. Microsoft announced on Friday that after July 17th, 2017, my birthday, Happy birthday for Microsoft. Well, they're going to actually, well, they're saying on that date, only the most critical security fixes will be released for those platforms Windows 7, Windows 8.1. And those fixes will only be made available if they don't risk the reliability or compatibility of Windows 7 or 8.1 on other non Skylake systems. The full range of compatibility and security fixes will be published for non-Skylake machines for Windows 7 until January 14, 2020, and for Windows 8.1 until January 10th, 2023. As far as Microsoft is concerned, next-generation processors will only be supported by Windows 10. Going forward, the company said that uh, using the latest-generation processors will always require the latest-generation operating system. And so, along that vein, allow me to introduce you to Linux. There's the bias. (laughs) Subscribers of the video streaming service provider Netflix will no longer be able to use proxies to watch content not available in their home country. Subscribers often resort to these proxies or servers that facilitate access uh, to Internet content not normally available locally to watch Netflix's popular shows. The company said that it would clamp down on these proxies or unblockers in a few weeks. It's not all bad news, though. Netflix's vice president of content delivery architecture wrote in a blog that their goal is, in fact, to provide the content in more countries rather than users needing to utilize third-party proxies. The announcement comes just a week after Netflix went live in more than 130 countries covering almost the entire globe, except China. Netflix said that not all of its shows would be available immediately to subscribers in certain countries, but that it was working toward resolving that. However, there's no word yet about their intent to bring non-Netflix programming, such as blockbuster movies, to other countries. A Netflix spokesman told Reuters, ultimately, this is a quote, "...the aim is to provide a service around the world that is more similar than not." Using VPNs or proxies to virtually cross borders violates Netflix's terms of use because of licensing restrictions on TV shows and movies. Comes down to copyrights, doesn't it? India, Nigeria, Russia, and Saudi Arabia were among the 130 countries where the service was launched last week. Big thanks this week to Roy W. W. Nash and our community of viewers. Hey, if you've got a story you'd like to submit to the Category5.tv newsroom, if you want to hear your name on the air, please email us newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Robbie Ferguson. Wow. That was amazing. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I mean, not, not the read, but the ooh, magic of television, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. Yep. Uh, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. It's episode number 435. Hard to believe we're here. Welcome to Studio D. Shelley De Silva. Hello. Robbie Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Nice to see you. As always, I'm here every week and uh, always a pleasure. Uh, I want to remind you hey, it's time to show your love for Category 5 TV. If you want a Dini drone or two, I'd love to send you two of these. Here we go. Watch your eyes. I don't have a camera guide. To... Watch your eyes. <laughs> Keep your hands at the level of your eyes. Oh, wow. These things are a boatload of fun. I'm not going to get into it too much, it's but trained. we want to give away two of mm-hmm. these to the same person. We're doing a draw. We need 100 people to support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost? 25 cents. 25 cents? At minimum. What? Yeah, I mean, it started about a quarter. Yeah. And then you're going to qualify for that. Uh, 25 cents an episode. If Category 5 TV and our network of shows is worth that to you, please head on over to patreon.com slash category 5. It's a really cool way to support Category 5, the network, not just our show uh, but the, the other rank, show the yeah. whole thing everything that we do mm. and uh that money goes directly into helping us to pay the bills keep things going and to uh, mm. to make us strong as well as we uh, as we plan to upgrade and some of you may have already noticed that there have been some upgrades this week and it hasn't been without peril okay so uh we're now on windows 10 over here and Windows uh, Windows is required for our broadcast okay. suite. We use Wirecast, and you can check it out at cap5.tv slash Wirecast. Fantastic software. Works great. I can't show it because I, – and I will – but Windows 10 won't let me show that screen. Oh. And we had one of our cameras didn't work on Windows 10. Oh faulty. And we've been trying to figure out why there's been this popping sound in the audio, and you know that that's been annoying some of you, and we've mm-hmm. been working on that. So I had hoped that the upgrade to Windows 10 would help sol- solve that, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it didn't. So um, we're, we're gonna keep on working on that. Now if you notice tonight that maybe it's a little better, that's because what I've been doing is between segments, I've been stopping and restarting the recorder and hoping that that's going to make a difference. So we'll oh, see neat. after the fact. So okay. hopefully that does make the difference. And maybe that's how I have to do it. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Shelly, what are we a member of?
1: We are a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of the Internet Broadcasters. Your cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Shell.
0: So, ready to take a look at the GIMP? Yes. The GNU Image Manipulation my first Program. Love. Aww. Free software. Yeah. We love it here at Category 5 TV. I'm going to just bring it up. It's uh, on my system, it's under Graphics, GNU Image so Manipulation organized. Program. Isn't Linux organized? Look at that. Do you notice that there's not a whole bunch of cruft? You don't see a whole bunch of... What's cruft? Read me- <laughs> cruft is like extra bloat. Oh. So it's like, there's my software. Just give me the software, right? I don't need all that extra uninstalls and stuff like that. Anyways, we talked about Zorin OS and yeah, how you can cool. run a distribution. Linux is more organized. I'm not running Zorin OS yet on this machine. This is PC... Uh, pardon me. This is um, uh, Point Linux but it's an older version and and I've held on to that older version (laughs) like this because it's got compis and I I kind of hinted to it but I've got all these kinds of things and why does that matter to us?
1: Because we have a lot going
0: on. We've got a lot going on. We need, uh, yeah, I do actually go like this. I mean, I had the interview on one, there's the news on one screen, and Mm -hmm. I'm able to do that. So it is a productivity thing. However, it's also so that those of you, now, you're watching this on a 55-inch flat screen. And so you're like, everything's huge. Robbie's (laughs) head is like three feet tall. 55-inch? that but here's the thing. Sometimes we bring up text or something, yep. a terminal window, and somebody's watching this on their phone, yep. their smartphone. So we've got to think about that. And so that's where Compiz allows us to do that. Mm-hmm. Zoom okay. right on in. Yeah. So I can, you know, I'm boom. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the key reasons why um, Compiz is important to us. So I was pleased to hear that Zorin OS has that still. Uh, so not to get sidetracked, but okay. Accessories, graphics, GNU image manipulation program. Now, we we always get a lot of great questions, and I love the questions that you send in to us, and it helps mm-hmm. us to understand, you know, what, what, are our, what are the things that our viewers are going through, and what are you encountering? And we've been mm-hmm. showing the GNU image manipulation program for now. This is the ninth week. Yep. And through the course of that, one of the things that I didn't really think of because I forget, okay, I've been using this thing for years mm-hmm. and I forget that when I first got it, I clicked all the wrong questions? stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're used to a Windows program where, okay, I want to close the GIMP, but it's all these different windows. So, okay, so I'm I'm linear in, in my way of thinking. So, the thing on the left has an X. I'm probably going to click that. Well, GIMP didn't close. Just that toolbar did. Or what if I click the X on this one? Oh! Now, where'd my toolbar go? And then I click that one and now I'm just left with this silly little canvas and I can't do anything with it. So this is GNU, Image Manipulation Program Tips. The GIMP Tips. Week number nine. Tonight we are looking... The GIMP Tips. Uh, This is week nine and tonight we are looking at the user interface. If you've got yourself stuck in this kind of a rut... Well, you may be lost. You may find that, hey, if I right-click, I get all those things back, but it's a little bit confusing. What we can do is look under Windows, and there are two things you want to look at. First of all, Recently Closed Docs is going to show you ones that you maybe just accidentally hit just a moment ago. Oh. So it's kind of handy. It's
1: like a little memory bar.
0: It's kind of. It's like an undo Oh, Oh, I accidentally hit close, so I can click on that one under recently closed docs and hit it, and it brings back. Well, it brought back one One. of my panels. (laughs) That's pretty great. Yeah. But so that's cool. Uh, I still don't now that's layers, Mm -hmm. so I still don't have my. my toolbar, my toolbox. So let's go into Windows, and then if we go, dockable dialogs, you'll see various different things that are available here, um, from layers to channels to paths, Ooh, colors, brushes. Like if you want, you know, your brushes dialog. Oh, it's already part of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we really want is that toolbar back. Where does Robbie point you when we need to use the marquee? It's the toolbar. What happens when you closed it? Well, now you are messed up. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go Windows, and then I can go New Toolbox. And with my new toolbox, oh, that looks crazy. Look at what we found is if you grab one of the sides, you can drag it and resize this bad boy.
1: Nuts. Crazy, I mean. That's what I meant.
0: Pretty pretty customizable, eh? Mm. And so then I position it. Wow, that was a really tall dialogue. Let's see how... Oh, there we go. Okay, so now everything is dockable. So if I right-click now and go Windows, Dockable Dialogues, Tool Options, now I get that Tool Options window.
1: Oh, was that there before?
0: It was, but I want it to be a part of my oh. toolbox. Okay. So you'll see if I drag it, it just is a, it's its own window. Mm-hmm. I can move it around the screen. But if I grab the actual kind of tab looking thing here where it says tool options and drag that bit. Now I'm actually dragging the tool as a dockable dialog and I can drop it there. I could drop it over here. Mm -hmm. Anywhere that there's a dock area, I can place it there. So that's typically how I have mine set up or I may have this one over on the left and this one over on the right. That's more typical of me Uh, because again, I kind of think in a linear sense. I don't know if it's maybe my years of Photoshop use that makes me put the layers on the right-hand side. It's, it's just the so way. So your I am.
1: layers are on the right, and then tools. Yeah, are on your and like,
0: tools are on my ah. left. So it is kind of a Photoshop mentality, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, and th- so this is my layers toolbox. This is my canvas, yeah. and these are my tools. Yeah. So now you can see I've added the tool options. Now I've got kind of everything that I want. So if I click on my marquee, now I have the options for marquee. And it lets me do all that. So play around, look through your uh, dockable dialogs and see which ones you like, which ones you like to have always available to you. And it can be uh, it can be quite handy uh, once you learn how to do that. And certainly if you accidentally close something, it's good to be able to reopen it. Oh, yeah. So then the Windows or Mac using user comes to us and says, I'm so used to Photoshop. I can't get over the fact that this thing is three different windows it works, I'll just say, it mm-hmm. works fantastic when you have multiple dis- uh, displays, okay. multiple monitors. So at my office, for example, when I have Gimp up, mm-hmm. I have my canvas, this guy, up full screen. On I, one? Yeah, I have three, nice. mo- I have three monitors. Um, yeah. So then what I actually do is I take these two together and I move them to the monitor that is to my right. So all of my tools, all of my layers are over here. Whereas my canvas is right mm-hmm. smack in front of me. And that is a really good production environment for me and, and works you get a lot done, thing. eh? Uh, yeah. And, and it gives me the most screen real estate to work with uh, mm-hmm. for my canvas, which is important to me. Yeah. If screen real estate isn't as big of an issue to you and you're more interested in, hey, I really want that Photoshop feel because I'm just used to it. Maybe you're transitioning. Maybe you are going to get to the point where you can use the multiple windows, but for now you want to try something that's a little more familiar to you. There is a single window mode, and if we go to Windows, you'll see single window mode as an option. Watch what happens instantly when I click on this. Kaplow. Boom. Now, the GIMP, the GNU image manipulation program, looks a lot more like... Say Photoshop, right? If I maximize it, here's my canvas in the middle. Let's mm-hmm. create a new file just so that it makes it a little more apparent. There's my canvas, right? Here's my layers over on the right-hand side, and here are my tools and my tool options. Very photoshop mm-hmm. if photoshopy is a verb.
1: We'll make it a verb now. It's
0: a verb now, folks. I'm
1: more of an uh, Illustrator user, so everything is backwards.
0: Is it? Yeah. Well, hey, you could get a mirror. Or you can move things around. Yeah,
1: that would feel. I feel very strange. So You work in vector.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. That's cool. So where this is different, Mm -hmm. uh, like Photoshop, um, GIMP is yeah, it's pixel or raster, I guess it's called. Yeah. Um, So when you draw something, you are drawing as if you were painting with a brush, as opposed to vector, where it's something that. How how would you define vector? Yeah, you can can blow it it up up any size you want. Yeah, it'll
1: still be the same crispness.
0: Where when you're working with raster. It's if if you have an image that's this big and you blow it up to this big, mm-hmm. that's where you get pixelation.
1: Mm-hmm. But unless you change your DPI. And then okay. even
0: still though, it's still going to stretch pixels. As long as you create in <laughs> oh, 300. Yes. Yeah. But if you are working with a 150 DPI dots per inch no, don't and then you it. change it to 300 and stretch it, it's yeah. still going to pixelate. Yeah. Very bad. But the difference really is that vector is, I guess, artwork versus raster. GIMP, mm-hmm. Photoshop are photos. Mm-hmm. Would that be a a, a, like an a, accurate statement?
1: Yeah, if you, yeah, I guess so. Like what would you like, create in a
0: vector file? A logo. A logo. So say. graphics. Yeah. Artwork. Um, so. we'll uh, do
1: a lot of, what do you call it, the gradations, I think we did on here one time too. Yeah,
0: gradients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going from one well. color smoothly into another color, you can do that in vector. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in vector artwork, then another uh, product that you might look at is Inkscape, oh. which is a free version. Now, so where GIMP is a free version of, say, Photoshop or right. a free alternative, mm-hmm. I should say, um, Inkscape is a free alternative okay. to what's the program that you're using? Adobe
1: Illustrator. Adobe Illustrator. Yeah.
0: So um, fairly similar in, in its functionality that way. So.
1: Quark Express is kind of the same thing yeah. as Illustrator. But again, and- a commercial Ink- application. What is it? Ink- Inkscape. Inkscape? Inkscape. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So check that out. Mm-hmm. But primarily, uh, there you have it. As far as the GIMP goes, we've got this single window mode and we've recovered our, um, our toolbars that were accidentally closed. And that can definitely happen to you. I hope yeah. that that's helped you out tonight. So mm. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. And please do check out our website, www.category5.tv. If you have a Roku device, make sure you add our channel. It's mm-hmm. the Category 5 TV network. And that will give you not just Category 5 technology TV, but okay. our whole suite of shows. There you go. Um, if you want to get familiar with what shows we are offering, what shows mm-hmm. are to come, you can, uh, you know, easy, easiest way is to go to Patreon, patreon.com slash category 5, okay. because we have a list there. Of um, all of our Of stuff. all of our shows right. with a description so that you can understand what mm-hmm. it is that we're actually presenting through our, our, um, our network. And some people will be surprised that, oh, it's not just Category 5 technology TV anymore. Yeah. We've been working hard to grow this thing. Season uh, 9 is is really where it's at. Uh, okay. Season 8 was a bit of a growth time for us, moving into Studio D and then branching right, out yeah. into other shows. That's and true. Experimenting with things here and there and mm-hmm. learning what works, what doesn't work. and Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: Nice. I have a question. Yeah. From the chat room. Your can screen's we, black,
0: so I don't know what's...
1: <laughs> we had, um, can you... Because you know how you can get your interface the way you want it, can you yeah. get the individual tool tools there
0: How do you mean like can I select one? no, like or- if you
1: can take one out if you didn't want it
0: Oh, like remove a tool yeah. Wow I don't, think um, so, eh? I don't think so. That would be an interesting thing to be able to do. I think that the toolbar is kind of preset, but I may be wrong. it may be. It may be something that can be edited in a way that I am not familiar with. And, and somebody in the chat room or maybe one of our yeah. viewers can post, if you're watching this on YouTube, maybe post it in the comments below if you know of yeah, a way to know. do that. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a, a list that I've seen. Yes, I know what you're saying. And I can turn on and off different text
1: bars or yeah. is that? scale, skew.
0: I just can't recall I just don't where, where I would find that. And that's just because I've never thought, hey, I should
1: <laughs> get rid of my eraser bar or eraser
0: yeah, tool. yeah, exactly. I like to have or... the full suite. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's an interesting question. I'd love to hear if uh, if the community has a mm-hmm. better that's answer so. than I think so. Because <laughs> there's Robbie's answer. <laughs> Robbie doesn't mind that he doesn't know everything. So as long as you know, huh. I don't see it. That is but I, I'm looking in the wrong spot, obviously, obviously. Do we get any other questions while well, we still have just a uh, split second here before the end of the show? Because I'd love mm. to help you out if I can. And uh, you can get into our chat room. And, and when Shelly's looking over here, uh, she's actually got a chat room up that's on IRC. Nice and old school. <laughs> IRC.freenode.net. And yeah. our chat room is Category 5. Uh, or if you don't have an IRC client, you're not familiar with that, or you just want to get there real fast, go to Category5.tv chat. That's category5.tv slash chat. That will take you directly into a web chat application. If, however, you want to use an IRC application and you're not too sure how to set it up, do that same thing except add .php to the end. So okay. category5.tv slash chat.php, that gives you instructions on how to set it up in Pigeon, how to access our chat room through third-party applications, things like that. Albert Aris just
1: posted that. So. Oh, hey, fantastic. Thanks, Albert R. Right
0: Cheers. On. Cheers. Yeah. Well, that is all the time that we have tonight. It always flies by. We have a lot of fun. And uh, it was such a pleasure to have Artyom here tonight. Yeah, and, that was and great. talk about Zorin OS. Uh, really an honor to have him uh, mm. join us and, and talk about their product. So yep. do check it out. Um, I call it a product. It kind of is because, I mean, they're doing a commercial... Version, but and so I'd encourage you to support what they're doing. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it's like ten euros.
1: Yeah, for the business
0: to get no, that's the ultimate version. The business one is less than that. Uh, So I'm of the mindset, and maybe it's because I offer free stuff Mm -hmm. with our free network of shows, and and so you know I Mm -hmm. solicit donations because it's what helps pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So if you love Zorn OS and it's something that's going to help you to help people get on linux then yep. maybe consider good getting transition. that ultimate version that's a way that you can donate and i think that's a, a unique mm. model for them they
1: seem like good guys too
0: they are and mm-hmm. and value adding um new features yeah extra bonus features if you pay that little bit then mm. uh, i think that's advantageous and helps them out a little bit yeah so thanks everybody and thanks shelly for being here
1: oh it's fun yeah good to be here if we have you excuse me if we've helped you out in the past or today's shows feel free to put something in our tip jar help us out a lot
0: appreciate that yeah all right take care everybody uh oh and before i wrap up i wanted to remember last week i said i was going to look at that pi uh we didn't get to it tonight obviously zorn os was a surprise version 11's out (laughs) oh we got to get him on the show so (laughs) um that's what happened i do intend to get back to that so if you're interested in learning more about the pi server we're going to be getting back on track with that so we'll talk to you next week good night night